Hello and welcome to the Neil and Amy podcast. This series of episodes is called Wayfinder. Why? Because this world, the people in it and the pressures of it can jack you up and they can cause you to lose your way. Next thing you know, you're overweight, unmotivated, frustrated with the relationships around you. Your life shattered in pieces and you're watching episodes of Dr. Phil and Jerry Springer just to feel normal again. This show is about helping people find joy in the middle of challenges because life is too short to live miserable. All right, welcome to episode number 20. This is a start of a new series. But before we do that, Amy, what's the most annoying part about your day today? Oh gosh, where do I begin? Like seriously having uh, space issues. Like um, claustrophobic, I don't know, all these cords and cables and stuff. And I keep tripping over them and getting my chair wrapped up in them and... (laughs) You ever see somebody like walk in a room and it's like, whoa, it's like a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. That's what happened just now. You walked in and you're like. Yeah, instant like. "Ah!" (laughs) It's okay. I'm calming down now. And they're like, but that's because you have to do these routines and you have to take your vitamins and you have to do all the different stuff that's just driving you nutty right now. Yeah, it is because I'm fully dependent on my health program and taking all these supplements. Yeah. So we just wanted to start this episode with just a very open, like, quick view. This is really what was happening when we started today. But we are jumping into a new series. Because nobody gonna hold me down. Oh, no. <laughs> she, she's been... <laughs> got to keep on moving. She's planning on auditioning for, for like, uh, what, the voice here coming up pretty soon. No, if I was gonna audition for something, it would have to be, like, it would have to have movement involved. I'd have to be dancing. Oh, Yeah. Dancing with the stars. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, you would like that, huh? Yep. You know what your problem is, though? Um, you know what it is. You just saw it. I, I saw yeah. it in your eyes. <laughs> you know what your problem is. I know what my problem is. What is your problem? I like to lead. <laughs> yeah. You would not let some excellent dude lead you. It's, I'm just saying. I'm I, just saying. Like, it's not a Amy choice. And I it dancing, just happens. We're considering taking dancing lessons. It and if we do I this, we will tell you. not lead. Because it's like, I fight against Amy when we're dancing all the time. And she walked in. But I'm not doing room. it per, in person. Like, I'm not like thinking it up. I'm like, watch this. I'm going to goof this with this guy right no, now. I'm going to lead. You just naturally like, want to do it. I just naturally take over. Do you want to tell him what's going on in our life right now? And, and what role you're carrying in this in this season? Or is that like, do you not want to do that? Maybe we should save that for another episode. Okay. Yeah. Let's just 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 say like we're we're operating in some different zones right now in our business structure, and she laughs at me every day, and she says it's not fun, is it? Okay, that's the teaser. We'll tell you some <laughs> other time. All right. So what we're doing is we're jumping into a series of episodes, and we're calling this. It's a, it's well, I won't even tell you what we're calling it yet. This is this is a beautiful metaphor. And I will say that my wife, Amy Danielle, the one sitting right by me, is the queen of metaphors. And her metaphors actually work. One time she said, I'm going to, you know. No, you were trying to ask me how I was feeling. And it's no surprise to anyone who knows me that I have trouble like verbalizing the way normal people would express their emotions or their thoughts or their feelings. I have to use metaphors. So with that said, and there's always, and her metaphors always start with, it was like, it was like, and so some kind of painful experience where she had to be somewhere where she didn't want to be. She's like, it was like jumping off of a diving board into a bed of cactus. No, I said, arriving to a pool, (laughs) thinking I was going to jump off the diving board on a hot summer day into the cold water. And the pool was drained, and all there was was cactus growing. In the pool. <laughs> but I, you get it, right? You yeah. so get it. So then you have to leave the pool picking cactus. What are those called on the cactus? The little like spike things that like they don't just stick into your. They yeah. don't just stick into your skin. It's like you remove them, and you still feel the pain. Well, they stick and hook some of them, and they also leave a little bit of poison in your system. Yeah, it's terrible, and it's super itchy and horrible. So now you leave the pool feeling itchy and horrible. Yeah, totally. What metaphors can do is they can move. We're gonna say mental mountains. Say that with me. Metaphors move mental, mental mountains. mountains. Metaphors do. And what we're doing is we're taking you on a mental mountain moving journey with a giant metaphor over the next 
five or so episodes. Do you think we could add one more word in there that starts with an M? Yeah, You're try. Just wondering. See what you've got. You don't have one. No, because I don't write things. Mental, with... mountain, metaphor, yeah. and moving. I, moving. I was out of order. So here's mind the blowing. beauty. Mind blowing. Yeah, that'd be great. So this metaphor, though, it's a true story. You have to know this. Dun, 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 dun. It's true. It's the story of Amy's family and the house on the mountain. And this just happens to be the house that in recent months we have purchased from her mom and dad. There's a huge story. So let's look at some synonyms then for the word metaphor. It's like a figure of speech or a figurative expression. It's an image or allegory or parable. The Bible calls these things parables or stories, analogies, comparisons, symbols, like an emblem, a word painting, or a word picture. That's what. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea here is that we're giving you a word picture. We're giving you a picture of of what it is like to be a wise, say wise, wise or foolish builder. So the title we're talking about of this series life issues through physical expression. Yeah, could be yep things that you can understand. So the title of this series is How to Build a House That Lasts. So let's talk about the parable. This is a, a parable found in Scripture. It's uh, Matthew 7, 24 to 27. And not going to read it word for word, but basic idea. In fact, there's a little jingle kids song that kind of goes with this parable. And this is the parable of the wise and the foolish builders. What I would love to say is I hope that there's nobody listening to this. And I, I don't even know that you could because... See, our mission is to help people find their call, make life count. Life is meant to be enjoyed, and it's too short to live miserable. That's our mission. But I'll tell you, I, it, to be a foolish builder, nobody should have aspirations of being a foolish builder. No, should, but at times we, we don't do what we need to do, and, that, and we become a foolish builder because we're not putting the effort into not going that direction and everyone knows if you're in a river and you're not swimming upstream you're just going downstream going downstream yeah so that's the it is but aspiration wise we should not be trying to be an idiot we should not be trying to build a house that's going to crumble right we but but many people do mm -hmm. and that's the point we're trying to help you navigate and put some very specific principles into your life so that you don't look like an idiot in the end, mm -hmm. eh, it's, whatever you could look like an idiot as long as you're not one, right? You're looking at me like, yeah, no, it like it, what's actually going on matters. It does. It totally does. So, quick snippet of this parable it says this: Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice or acts upon them actually does them as compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. So what happens is the rain descended, the it came down, and it, and the wind came blowing, and it burst against this house, but it did not fall over because the house on the rock with a firm foundation stands. That's right. that's it. And so the foundation is critical because the torrential rains, the issues of life, the struggles things you cannot control that are going to happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. They are coming. For us, they have happened. Um, they will happen again. Mm -hmm. But we have to be ready for them when they arrive. And if you are not ready and if you've not, if you've not done some of these principles, and ultimately what this is, is saying, this actual parable is saying, is that if you feel like God's called you towards something, do it. Mm -hmm. Act upon it. If you feel like he said something, act upon it. It's not good enough just to hear it. You have to hear it and move. You have to hear it and do that's what it means to build a house that lasts. It's always about taking action on your calling wherever it is that God is calling you to go. And so there's the idea that that's kind of case in point, but there's a very specific metaphor that we're kind of dropping here on you. So, all right, Amy, talk about the last five years. The last five years, we 
live in a very small craftsman home that your great great grandpa Mm -hmm. purchased from Sears when you could buy a home from Sears. Like you'd go on catalog, a catalog or mail in whatever, and then choose your home. And then it would get all the pieces to the home would get delivered. What you do in 1920 is you go to (laughs) Sears.com and you would select which home you wanted. Yeah. And then once it gets delivered, you just turn their podcast on. Yeah. And they would how to build a craftsman home. Very specific instructions. Yeah. And the tools, they were awesome. Can you imagine all those power tools back then? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Incredible skill saws and (laughs) all kinds of things. The the best tools, the best internet service. Super quick. No. So he built this home and in the Kern River Valley, which is where we live, the lake wasn't always there. So the Kern River uh, would flow through town. And then at some point, I don't know the year exactly, they decided they were going to put this reservoir in Lake Isabella and they had to move the town. So Kernville used to be under what is now Lake Isabella. The house, the house that he built was under the lake before the lake existed. Yes. And he had to move the house and relocate it. And now it sits in Kernville, actually right up the street from our restaurant. Yeah. And it's a historic property. It's, it's one that it's in the museum here in our little town. It says it's the like number 50. It's like the, one of the 50 historic homes in Kernville. Am I right? Am I right no, that? that's right. I mean, I think that I don't know how many there are that are still standing. Mm-hmm. That was number 50 and yeah. it's in the catalog. If you go to the museum, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's <laughs> Beauty all is in the eye, eye of, of the beholder. beholder because if you're, if you are someone who appreciates history and I don't mean like history books, I mean like real, like, you know, somebody who worked really hard to build a home and it means something to you you would think this house was beautiful. Yeah. To anyone else that has ever seen it, especially before we started rebuilding it, said, just knock it over. It doesn't, it, this is not worth your time. So for about 20 years, this house sat pretty much just empty other than there was like storage boxes and things in the house. There were a number of floods that took place Mm -hmm. in this house and the wood had deteriorated on the floor. The joists were shot. It was like tilted, Basically, at by least like, a foot from the front of the house to the back of the house sideways. Yeah, and it's kind of like on stilts, if you would. And so the house was rough. And when I mean rough, I'm talking really freaking rough. Mm-hmm. It it was bad. Like we pulled up there, right? And Amy's like, you know, well, your dad, because this was owned by my dad, he he said that we could fix this house up. And I look at it and I'm like, oh my god. This is nuts. Yeah. I, I'm married to a crazy person. No, I'm just kidding. You told I thought me that, that this morning. I did. So, but I love her. And so we go and we start working on this house. Well, if you know much of our history, you know that there many times we have people who are like either highly addicted or like struggling with like very significant life issues, suicidal, a lot of problems. People like that kind of flock toward us and we hang out with them and we had on video at one point a couple of different people that were probably not sober walking around this house. <laughs> and typically people that are in that place don't give too much of a shit yeah. about where they actually live. Right. And they were like, oh, no, 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 this man. This is bad. Bad. Walk away. Walk away. Push it Get over. Get in the car. Get in the car and walk and you, drive off. You cannot allow your children to live here. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> It's Are beautiful. you talking about? Look yeah. how pretty it is. <laughs> so we live in our motorhome with six of us, this 31-foot motorhome out in front of this house for about mm-hmm. a year, a little over, and we just go to work on it. We fix it up, right? We spend blood, sweat, and tears, and every penny we had, we were just dumping into making this house work, mm-hmm. right? Why we're saying this is it is tiny and oh also if you go to neilandamy.com slash blog you can actually you might be there right now listening to this scroll down take a look at some of the pictures just a couple we've got an actual album of this that's going to show up before too long but there's like some images so you can see what it is that we're talking about Mm -hmm. then we feel at you know we live in this 849 and a half square foot home and it was like we said 
nearly falling over. We restored it. We enjoyed it. But our family is a little older than when we started, and the seasons started to change. That was that was a key. Seasons sometimes change, mm-hmm. and God calls you in new directions. Right. And so in the last like three months, basically, we'll say about a few days before Amy's actual surgery. Well, all of Bradley's high school was in that house. Yep. And Caden's senior year is this year. So three three of his four-year high school yeah. career, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and our kids have friends that are constantly like. <clears throat> I mean, the house was packed. All the time. The house is so small that when you open the front door and shut the front door, you fill it in every bedroom of the house. Yes. like Tiny. Super tiny. But the season shifted, and we were called to buy Amy's childhood home. And the weird is, part about that, can mm-hmm. I just interrupt you? Of course. Is that when mom and dad decided they were moving to Idaho, and if you know my parents, you know that family is everything to them. Everything. So the fact that they're even feeling like they're kind of like summons to go to Idaho is a huge surprise to all of us kids. Yes. I'm the oldest of five. All of us lived here in this town. So for mom and dad to pick up and decide to leave and then Jesse and Sarah and Abby went with them. That's like a big deal. Super big. Huge. Especially so, when you know this whole story. Yeah. So when they decided that they're going to move, the house is worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And you and I knew that that wasn't in the, the cards for us. We had just purchased Ewing's. Uh, the governor shut our restaurant down. Um coming up with a down payment just, you know, quickly because they need to sell the house in order to um, continue developing the property up in Idaho. It just didn't seem like it was going to work. And none of my siblings were in a position, in a position to make that work for them either. Yeah. So it was like sad to watch what we thought would be our home forever Mm -hmm. go on the market. Mm -hmm. And now people are coming in and looking at it and, the day that we decided that we wanted to buy it, that was right there is like a whole story in and of itself. It is. Because the timing of all of that was crazy. so crazy because mom and dad had been waiting, you know, patiently for an offer. And the day that we call them and say, we feel like we're supposed to buy the house is the day that they get an all cash offer yeah. for what they're asking. Yeah. So it was like just down to the last minute and it was not in our hearts or minds to actually take steps and do it and then it just dropped Mm -hmm. and it dropped through our son Caden it dropped through um, between the three of us really just kind of feeling like wow this really is a thing that we need to do and and then thankfully as we believe every single time when you're actually following the path that you're called to follow that somehow or another the spirit works details out yep. in order for that the to take place. The locked doors become start becoming unlocked for yes. you. Yes. So where we are, and you can also at this blog, you can scroll down and you can look at the actual family home that we are currently recording this podcast in. It's the place that we live. And over this, the metaphor is basically that. We're going to be talking about this house. We're going to be talking about building a house that lasts and how this property is so critical and such a great story, such a great illustration of what what matters most and what needs to happen in life. Again, this is not an ordinary home. It's not. This place is actually like this, what we would call a sacred space with a massive story. And one of the things that Amy and I feel so called to and it's weird. We didn't. I didn't see it over the course of the last decade or so. But when we look back now, it's like mm-hmm. we're called to protect sacred spaces. Mm-hmm. That old great great grandpa house was right. a sacred space. Ewing's a seventy year old almost sacred space to our community, mm-hmm. where people will show up frequently and they'll say things like, "Oh, like I." It wasn't long ago. Like almost a ninety year old man said. We used to bring our family here and mm-hmm. we would sit right back over there. And that was almost 60 years ago mm-hmm. that, you know, this is a, a space with a story. The church building that we that we have that's being transitioned into a training center for the community is a sacred space with a 50-year history that God's entrusted to mm-hmm. us. And now this home as well is a sacred space. And so there's a massive story behind it. So let's let the metaphor. Number one, if 
you want to build a house that lasts, you have to start with a vision, a destination, a plan, and a place that you want or feel called to go. Tell us about it, Amy, Danielle. How in the world did your dad ever decide that this was good? Because you guys had this cute little house on the street called Stagecoach that was mm-hmm. all put together perfectly with the blue carpet and the blue Mercedes, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay. It was a new housing development way the heck out in Bakersfield off of Rosedale. Charming little like ranch style home and on an acre of property. And my parents, my dad worked for Bakersfield City Fire and it just worked cute little community. Uh, My dad comes home from work one day and I am probably like eight. He's like, "Uh, we got to move. We can't do this anymore. Like, this is not where I want to raise my kids. Like watching you ride your bicycle up and down the asphalt street is not cutting it for me. Like we've got to move. And my mom's like, why? It, Your mom loved this house. It oh, was like all put together. It. Yeah. yeah. It, she loved it. And she's like, why? And he's like, because these kids need to be like out trumping around. They need to like, we need to, we've got to move back up where they were raised as well. This little, little community. Yeah. So he's like, we got to start looking for property. So the journey began of looking for property. That took a little while. Um, by the time I was nine, they decided that Alta Sierra was where we were going to like reside. Yeah. I was going to say set our roots, but that's not the right saying. Mm-hmm. Dig our roots. Yeah. Plant. Plant our roots. Yeah, I guess Whatever. So. You get where I'm going. <clears throat> so uh, we had originally started by, we were going to purchase a house and that fell through out of escrow um, because the, it didn't have a septic tank and they were lying about it. And then the inspector showed up and he's like, there's no septic tank. It's like a 50 gallon drum and some shady whatever thing was going down. So we too lived in a little camper while we fixed up a little house to stay in. And then we started broke ground or whatever you want to call it on this house. And as a kid, I mean, we didn't really know to the extent of what they were going, my mom and dad were going to build, but we were always brought in on everything. Like when my dad was designing the layout of the house and my mom was telling him what she wanted and everything, we were kind of, we were always at the table, like deciding things and thinking about things. And originally the house was supposed to be a log home and then it never worked out because every logging truck that was supposed to be delivering canceled on us. I mean, it was just whatever. So you just kind of go with what you, what you have. But the cool part about starting here was my dad kind of made us all, we were doing things that like experts would do, if you will. Like as a young kid, my dad would always say, Amy, the only difference between you and anyone you see in this world, anyone, Pick someone. I'd be like an astronaut. Perfect. The only difference between you and an astronaut is that they are actually working towards the goal that they want and they're achieving it, but they're not made of anything different than what you have. So put your mind to whatever you want to do and you can do it. Yep. So (laughs) he literally made us like we were the electricians. We helped drywall. We helped dig the foundation. We helped lay the brick. You put the shingles on this roof. And if you check out the picture of this house, I had a roofer here up in the 65-foot lookout tower, basically. I think it's about 60 foot, the actual top of the pitch of this mm-hmm. house. It's on the third floor, but it's technically like, like 15, 20 feet above. 16 different sides of the roof. 16 different sides. And this is it's incredible. So we're, I'm up there with a roofer recently, and he's like, whoa, like these pitches are insane. Yeah, they're the... They're so insane. And and then I said, well, yeah, you know, what's even crazier is that Amy was like 15 years old and she's packing around shingles on this roof and sometimes not tied down. Don't try this at home, though they did. (laughs) And they were they were laying down shingles. Amy's the oldest of five. So all the way down, you know, Abby's just going to be born right around that time. All the way down to the youngest sibling. Everybody's contributing. Yes. Everyone had a job. And that was kind of where I was going with this is that. 
the journey of building the house was so much more than just building a house. Everyone, our neighbors would stop by, the guys from the fire department, they would always bag on my dad and say, like, are you going to get that house done already? Are you going to get it done already? What they didn't know, or maybe they knew, but they don't value. Yes. Are the life lessons that my dad was teaching us in building the home. It wasn't ever about completing the home. Yes. And no one could get that. Yes. And you sound like and an everybody's idiot gonna if make you it say at, that. Yeah, exactly. You sound, you're like, yeah, we're building a home, but it's not really about building the home. They're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Like you don't say you that out done? loud. Yeah. When When's the house going to be done? I mean, people would say all the time, oh, all the kids are going to be moved out by the time you get that house done. And it's like, why do you even care? Yeah. Shut your shut mouth. Shut your mouth. Go back to your little house and yeah. turn your football game on yeah. and fart in your comfy chair <laughs> and have a wife that hates you. I don't know. That's what looks like what you're doing with your life. So just go do it. And and we're so jealous. Yeah. You know, we're so jealous of the life that you're building. There's a couple of things. I, we cannot move past this. Number one, the house is never finished. Right. It is never finished. Take that for a metaphor. Mm-hmm. It is never done. If you get to a point where you think it's done, right, where you think you're complete, yep. you're freaking losing, mm-hmm. and you might as well be dead. Yep. It's never finished. Number two, the other thing I, I think that Amy just said, and she did capitalize on this, but it is not the normal way, is that her dad brought the three-year-old little boy or girl mm-hmm. to the table and asked their opinion on things they had no clue how to decide. Yep. He treated them as experts. He treated them with value. Mm-hmm. He brought them up in a in a place that that sh- like shined their voice or brought their voice forward. Did not suppress them. We've had business partners in the past who when their kids would walk in, they would say, "Be quiet, turn around and walk out of this room." That would they would snuff their children. Mm-hmm because they were the important ones. Mm -hmm. And that is not what was taught by this man. Not if you want to build a house that lasts. Not if you want to build a house that lasts. You can do that all day long, but we know how it ends. Yep. It ends with you picking up your kids from jail. Or your wife leaving you. Mm Mm-hmm. Or a real fat... Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) We're just saying things you guys are all thinking, okay? That's all we're doing. I caught myself. Yeah. Never but, mind. But the deal is, is that you you kind of have to get to a point where you can't care about what people... If you want to build a house to last, you cannot care about people's opinions nope. because they are going to stop by. I'll never forget, we'd be working, 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 and someone would stop by, and it was like they thought they were so important, they wanted you to stop working so they could tell you all the things that you're not doing right and that you're taking too long. And I just remember as a little kid thinking, I never want to like, it's good to have safe people in your life. We talk about that all the time that speak, you know, true. We can call it their opinions or whatever, like to help you stay on track. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the people by the truckloads that just pull up, vomit on you and then keep on pushing yeah it's like what yeah no get back up here and clean this mess up yeah and don't come back yeah get that get that corn out of my face (laughs) nacho libre but i mean come on like if you're gonna build something that lasts you have to have like laser focus yes and when these people show up and when it rains and it pours i mean i can't even tell you how many times building the house it okay up in a mountain that on a mountain that's the elevation is like, like between six and 65, right? Yeah. Right here. So yeah. getting snowstorms randomly is common. Yeah. We would have the whole plan out for the week and then all of a sudden snowstorm comes into town. And now instead of putting the walls up, you are spending your days shoveling snow out of the house because you can't just let snow sit on plywood that is the floor that you're building. So we would, as kids, we'd be shoveling snow all day long, all day long, because you just can't let it sit. It Stuff happens. Yep. it's for sure. But the laser focus of if you really want to build something that lasts, you got you to gotta have mental strength. You do. And you got to be able to block 
the hater block mm-hmm. the person who's coming to bring their opinion. You know, it, it's critical. You you also have to, this was just a, a number two thing. We don't have to dwell on this one for long, but you have to design the house or the, the dream of your life. You have to design it to fit where you actually want to go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty important. You know, in Alaska, they have, um, they have the Eskimos, right? Would build igloos. Is that in mm-hmm. Alaska? Well, it's anywhere that it's freezing cold out. <laughs> yeah. Igloos. It fits the scene. Or, in the rainforest, they might have a mud hut, right? When you're mm-hmm. up on a mountain. If you're in the Caribbean, you don't need the type of insulation that you do when you are yeah, in an in area that conditions. it's below 10 on a normal basis. Yeah. So to, to send you know, life in the right trajectory, you've got to know where you're going. You got to know what you want to want to design or build. And it's got to fit the landscape that you're actually moving toward. I think that that's mm-hmm. a really, really, really critical thing. I think that Amy's parents did an amazing job of doing that. Um, the, the, the next thing is start with the solid foundation. Do you know how long it takes to construct a solid foundation? You know, <clears throat> I kind of do, but not really. When we started... Dinky houses get dinky foundations. Yeah. Skyscrapers, they get massive foundations. Yep. This house is not a skyscraper, but it's freaking big. Three stories, and the foundation is enormous. And at a completed state, it would be over 6,000 square feet. So you're talking a big house that's very tall, mm-hmm. right? It, it, if, you, if you're going there, if you want a big house, big life, big foundations are critical. Okay. The concrete alone, like the day that we started pouring the foundation, which most houses you can like pour the slab. Easy in a day. Yeah. I mean, complex, maybe two, three days. It was never ending. The amount of money that my parents spent on this foundation is insane. I mean, Cement truck after cement truck after cement truck after cement truck. Driving up a hill that's the steepest grade in our county. Yeah. Right. Massive hill that brakes go out constantly. Right. It's they had to truck this stuff up here. It was crazy. And then it's so big and it's so deep that the amount of rebar and different beams and yeah, like it was crazy. It was. It took us, I think, all, well, we started in the summer, and by the winter, we were still working on the foundation. Wow. Now, mind you, we are a family. Dad was going back and forth to work. My dad's going back. You know, he works a day on, day off, day on, day off, and then he gets four days off. And so it's not like you have 30 construction people showing up every day to get it done. And to that point, though... He would have friends who knew how to do certain things that yeah. would show up to help, mm-hmm. but there was never a company that came in with their with their workers no. and were like, you know what, we're going to do this or we're going to do nope. that. This was something that tag without a construction background either. Yep. Or the internet mm-hmm. figured out how to build a house that lasts. Mm-hmm. He figured it out because where there's a will, there's a way. Right. He would say that all the time. And we all had jobs. Like mm-hmm. I have to, it's kind of a bummer because all the pictures are now in Idaho. So I'm going to have to (laughs) call my mom and dad and have them like scan them and send them to us because we have so many great photos of us kids doing real jobs that experts do. Now, mind you, building inspectors had to come and sign off on it. It's not like my dad's letting anything happen. No. Not above board. Oh, we'll get to that too. But Mixing the mud for the concrete walls and things like that. Um, that was done by six-year-olds, <laughs> literally. Carrying blocks that grown man, grown men would typically hike down to the site because the road is up just a little bit farther. So it wasn't like when the building... Ugh, my head is hurting so bad. I'm having a hard time talking. Uh-huh. Um when we would order the block and it would come on a semi truck and they would, they could only put it so close. Like they had to drop it off, like basically right at the road, 40, 50 feet from the foundation. And then us kids would carry the block all the way down to the job site, which was, these are one foot wide 
by yeah. like 16 inch long mm-hmm. blocks. They're, they're heavy. Yeah. So we figured out. They're bigger out, than the normal block. So we figured out how to do it by like getting a piece of pipe and there's like a little circle in them. So you can like put them through and then we'd carry them over our shoulder all the way down like three at a time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I have all those pictures that I'd love to show, but we all had a job. There was no sitting around. Well, there's Jake, my little brother, (laughs) that guy. I can't wait for him to get on this. By the way, we're going to get him and the other siblings on an episode here in the next anytime. It was remotely getting like a lot of, we all had a lot of work to do. He, somehow turned every work time into coffee break. (laughs) We have pictures of him with the lounge chairs and he's got his coffee. He's got a cupcake. He's got his legs crossed. Pickle, right? Yeah. Like pickles. Oh, he loved pickles and coffee. And he'd be sitting out there and he'd be, Hey, Hey dad. Hey, Hey dad. And he'd be talking to dad and dad's trying to work. (laughs) But your dad would stop (laughs) and entertain his stories. Hey, I think we should make a cool jump today. You could ride the motorcycle and make a cool jump. Okay, yeah, let's do it. My mom would be like, what? What, like right now? Yeah, like right now, we're going to make a jump. Time to make a jump. <laughs> and then me, uh, Jake's not working. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. We have some good stories coming up with that stuff. We really do. Because here's the deal. When you're on, when you're a family and you're like all working towards a common goal, mm-hmm. it's not really that glamorous truth be known yeah you have multiple personalities going on yep sometimes inside one person yeah you have actual stressors taking place like we're trying to get this done before winter Mm -hmm. i mean there's pressure yep you have financial pressure because you have to get certain things signed off from the building department by a certain time and there's not like endless amounts of money no you have a budget you're working with and then you have kids you're raising yeah and jobs that you have to show up to. And, and other people's kids that would bring, yeah, you know. Yeah, people them. would drop by, stop by and be like, oh, the kids want to help with the house today and drive off. And my mom and dad would be like, what? <laughs> okay, I guess we're babysitting now. Yeah. And they, I mean, they would say, it, they would maybe think that, but they would never, ever, never ever say okay, allow sure. anybody to. I'll never forget. I had a friend. Um, I don't think he ever used a um, skill saw before, ever. Yeah. And my dad's like, hey, why don't you go cut these um two by fours i need them in this this amount x amount and this length da, 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 da. my mom she's like i don't think he's ever used a saw before he's like well he's about he's about to right now and we were all like oh dear god yeah. this could end really bad well he learned how to use a skill saw that day <laughs> figured it out he got that skill saw got to start with the solid foundation and From a solid foundation, you can begin to construct. You can begin to take that next phase or that next step. Um, We'll we'll go kind of detail for detail through this as the episodes roll on. But um, I want to jump to this fourth thought, which is that you've got to take the extra time to get it done right. No shortcuts, no corner cutting. When Amy was just talking a little bit ago about the house that they were going to build, or buy, and the person didn't put a septic tank in it, that means they they had no real substantial place to deal with all the crap. Yep. Literal. Mm-hmm. That was a corner cut, and they were trying to then sell this house without, without it being really fully done. Mm-hmm. And many, many, many builders will cut corners, mm-hmm. and they'll take shortcuts. They will, you know, not go the extra mile for the unseen things. Mm-hmm. What they'll do is they'll they'll uh, make the outside look good or the visible things look really good and strong and sturdy. Right. But the reality is that they're not at all mm-hmm. because all of the unseen work, the not cutting the sh- you know corners or any of those things, going the extra mile to build in the unseen realm, essentially, mm-hmm. that's what makes for a house with strong bones. Right. And applying this to even relationships is such a interesting dynamic because if you think about it in order for, we've been together for 20 years. Yes, we have. And it's been a roller coaster ride. Can you believe she made it that long with me? (laughs) I was thinking the opposite, but think about all the hard conversations we've had to have to like get through things. With you and I? For you and I. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We've had to do a lot of not so 
fun, glamorous work for each, like to each other on our relationship in order for it to be able to withhold life's circumstances. Yes. Just like not cutting corners when you're building a house in relationships, not cutting corners is key. Yes. You have to have conversations. You have to figure out, even if you have to, like me, use metaphors to tell your spouse how you're feeling because it's not supernatural for you just to blah it all out there. You got to figure it out Mm -hmm. because you can't cut the, you're not going to last if you cut the corners. That's right. That's right. And all the way through, I mean, I'll tell you what, this man, I'm going to say, I'm going to give all the credit to Tag here. He, when he is building something, he really thinks through the details of what he's building. And I mean, things like if it was required by the building department to have a certain size, you know, stud or two by four or, you know, two by six, which is like the dimension of the the actual board or the wood, he would go bigger. Mm-hmm. If you were supposed to put a, a board every, you know, 16 inches, let's say at certain points, he might go 12 inches mm-hmm. to, to bring more sturdy sturdiness to, to the, um, to the, you know, to the building itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, things like running wires all over the place mm-hmm. to, you know, just make sure that if you ever needed it, it would be there. Just the other day, I called him up and I said, hey, Pop, I'm trying to run some Christmas lights in this certain zone right here. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's something there for that. You know, and mm-hmm. and because he was thinking through the what ifs of life. And yeah, he had- like all the way down to in the window seals, there's plugs on either side of the window seal because at Christmas time, my mom might want to decorate the window seal with some garland. And, and you don't want to have to run to have an a extension plug going, cord yeah. uh, over to it. That'd be ridiculous. You know, build it into the wall. Yeah, because <laughs> those were a pain in the butt to run the wire to. Oh, man. Yeah. You, I'm not kidding. Like the amount of mental strength that you attain by doing things that you did, that one, you're not an expert in. You don't know how to do this. You learn. There's definite, definitely like painful experiences that you go through at the moment. But at the end of the day, you're like, well, I guess if I had to be an electrician, I could be an electrician. That's right. If I had to right now go get a job doing drywall, I know I could do- get the job. Yep. There's stuff that comes with when you start doing things that you normally wouldn't do that make you feel a little bit more like, okay, I'm, I, I have something to offer. Yes. And I think that our kids in, in this generation, our kids meaning like, the world's kids, they need more adults to do that. They do. They need more adults to go, hey, you're not a kid and I'm not going to push you out. I'm going to bring you to the table. Yep. I'm going to ask you your opinion. I want to hear from you. And then now I'm going to ha- give you a job to do that you might typically not ever think of or ever or want at to. at all be qualified to do. Right. But, but it's going to do something good inside your soul. Yes. The process and it's worth the wait. Mm-hmm. That was part of the thing. Yep. You know, it's worth the investment in that person to take the extra time yep. because, you you know, the expert tag could have got it done way quicker. Oh, way quicker. That That's the thing. The built that my dad could have had this house done so much quicker, but that's not the road he chose. Mm-mm. And when you look at other people who value getting homes done quickly, they they make him feel like a failure. Yeah. And even his own mind at times makes himself feel like a failure. And at any point, if I ever get emotional in this particular podcast, it would be about that, that he is so far from a failure. Right. He, he truly has done something in his family and the life of, of the people connected to his family that will last forever. Mm -hmm. And if he had made it truly about the task at hand, 
so many opportunities to build jumps with the kids would have been missed. Mm-hmm. There's there would have been family so, vacations. That's missed. right. I mean, I I even remember sitting down and my mom and dad talking about their budget and saying they had twenty thousand um, dollars, and they were going to finish the upstairs with the twenty thousand dollars. And this is the third floor of this place. And again, this was started about twenty five years ago. Right. It's the third floor. And, it, and we're, we're still not fully complete up on that floor. And we had gone through some really hard family. We lost some family members. And what they were valuing, at, I mean, they still value this. But at that time, it was like, we want all of our family to be together. And we want to take them on a vacation. And so instead of spending the $20,000 on finishing the upstairs, they said, no, we're taking our five kids and their spouses and all of their kids, which was, I think, 19 people at the time, were taking them on a two-week vacation to Hawaii. Other people were like, you guys are nuts. Like, you're so close to getting the house done. And they were like, we're not nuts. We want to build memories. Like, it's not about the house. I feel like by them modeling that, it's opened up huge doors for me. Yes. In simple ways of being a kid and being confident that, you know, if, if I need to do something, I know that I'm capable of at least trying my hardest and that will count for something. But on top of that, I actually have more qualifications than most people my age because I've had to do stuff that most people my age never were asked to do. Yeah. Example. Well, I mean, in building and constructing things, I know things about construction that, yeah, Typically, I, you wouldn't, you would not know. I, and Amy's not at this current time licensed in, you know, in construction, but she easily could be. And one of the things that I've seen her do in many instances, several, is that she would be in a conversation with an actual general contractor who was got the badge, you know, mm-hmm. and they would say, "Hey, this is what you know we have to do." And Amy would say, "No, actually, we can do it like this." And they would argue. And at certain points, there were phone calls made back to her later that night when the man humbled himself and actually listened mm-hmm. and said, you're absolutely right. That it was possible. Yes. And so that's when she's talking about qualifications. That's part of it. It's like unlocking your brain, if you will. Like yeah. I, I feel like just so much of society and people, they try to put locks on our brains. And there's st- something that happens within some when you're doing something that you know you're not qualified to do, but you're going to give it a shot, it's like there's little unlocking things that happen. And before you know it, you hold yourself up a little bit. You're, you're, you pull your shoulders back a little bit. Not in pride, but like, oh, I am capable of this. If I actually wanted to be an astronaut, I would just have to apply myself to learning that field. Yes. Confidence. And that's what our kids need. That's what this generation needs is confidence. We need to, and that's what the training center, I'm really excited about that, is going to do for this small little community is give opportunity for experts to train kids in different fields and different things and hopefully build their confidence and their self-esteem and their value and what they're giving back to society and unlocking some things in their brains to give them that satisfaction and that purpose that they need to keep trucking, to yep. keep moving, to keep pushing. Yep. A couple other little things that happen. I mean, Amy, I'm just, her whole family learned things like this, but Amy is my wife, so I'm talking about what I know she knows. She was taught to weld as a young girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a young girl. You know, they're taught the firing order on like Chevy motors and things of that nature, which I had to ask what that even was. They, Amy learned Morris code at the age of nine, and I believe it was nine, was the youngest girl at the time in Kern County to learn or pass the Morris code test. Mm -hmm. Like that ham radio license, which is, you know, then cell phones came out, but ham radio honestly is freaking awesome because you can communicate even when the cell system goes down. Like Mm -hmm. she had the handles and all that different stuff, training and those types of things. And this isn't a bragging session. No, not at all. What this is, what we're, 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 Ugh. Our goal is what we're hoping that will this will take place in your life is that as we talk about these things that my parents instilled in me, gave me opportunity to learn that one, you will 
just as a human, see that what you're offering society and what you're offering your neighborhood kids and what you're offering your family is much more than you going to work and putting food on the table. That's right. It's much more than you, you know, climbing the ladder of your career and then plateauing and then your kids don't really ever talk to you again. There's so much more into building a house that lasts Mm -hmm. than what America kind of puts on. And you can do it. And you can do it. And it's possible. But But it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some work. And you're definitely going to have to have a plan in place. You're going to have to be intentional about what it is that you're doing. And that's where, you know, that starting point of know where you're trying to go. If you're if you're trying to be that person, and, and I'm not going to knock this person if that's your calling, but if you're trying to be the person who gets to the top of the of the ladder in the company and becomes the CEO slash president and whatever, you know, you have to know that you're going to sacrifice certain things to go down the road that you're going Absolutely. in any direction you choose to go. And what we believe is important is to have a house that lasts beyond you generationally mm-hmm. to have impacted the world around you, mm-hmm. to have impacted your children, to have impacted the neighbor kids or whoever mm-hmm. you possibly can because your life matters and it has purpose and it's not meant to be lived selfishly. No. Selfishness and misery go hand in hand. That's what they do. When we are selfless, we get to experience joy on different levels, but it's not exactly what the world teaches us to do. Mm-mm. world teaches us to get more, right? Yep. That's not what we're called to do. We're supposed to be present in moments, bringing people along with us. And you get more by doing that. Absolutely. Ultimately, you get more, mm-hmm. which is really what this little last point is, and it's not a little one, but um, it's it's the family on mission. We've been hitting on this, but it's bringing the family with you Mm -hmm. and it's having purpose. You know, there's a saying you you can have family and mission, which kind of separates the two. You know, you've got your family and then you've got the mission. Right. But when you have a family on mission, what that does is it brings your family with you in what it is that you're doing, whatever that purpose may be. Mm Mm-hmm. There was a certain point where Amy and I were offered a couple of different positions. And these positions were to pastor churches that were very, very large, would be known as what's called like a mega church. And we went and we checked these churches out. We drove to one, flew to another, and investigated. They seemed awesome, right? As far as, you know, the the excitement of being able to work with, you know, all kinds of people and budgets and employees and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Your assistants have assistants. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> we, I'm the assistant to the assistant who was like, goodness, is this really a thing? Yeah. Our pastor friends were like, you're crazy. And genuinely like, and those two calls all, they came in one hour of our life in one hour. I believe it was in May. These two calls happened. It was, Hey, would you be willing to come up and pastor this church? Hey, would you be willing to come? And it's like, what? The same hour? Weird. Mm-hmm. That's never even happened. Not one call like that. And they happen mm-hmm. in the same hour. So we go. The kids check it out with us. Our kids were pretty young at the time. This is about five, six years ago. A little, maybe a little less. And we get back. I'm having a conversation with some other person who's on, on a team of ours. And, and they said, Neil, why did you guys decide not to go? Well, honestly, it didn't feel right to the entire family. And we think God's big enough if, I mean, don't, don't put too much into what I'm saying right now yeah. and don't try this at home necessarily. You got to do what's right for you. Sometimes leaders have to lead. We totally yeah. agree with that. But what was in our gut was, no, we felt like all of our family, all you know, five of us would feel very confident in one direction. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't, it probably wasn't our calling. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what happened. We brought our kids to the table and we asked them, how do you feel? What are you thinking? And none of us really felt like it was the right move. It wasn't like I didn't, if I would have, I would have pushed for it. Amy Mm -hmm. didn't, but, but we brought the value of, of our family into the mission. And that was huge. Mm -hmm. So um, when it comes to building a house that lasts, we believe that it's very, very critical that you have a family 
that is on mission together and that you're bringing people along with you. And if you're saying, well, I'm not building a house, I don't know how would I bring my kids into that or how would I bring my wife or husband into that, that's where the metaphor takes shape because you are building something Mm -hmm. in your family. Are you building love? Are you building peace in your home? Are you building generosity? Right. Are you building equality? Are you teaching your daughters that they can do things that men can do? Mm -hmm. And that my dad was huge on that. Like he, we were his little, sorry. We were his comrades. We changed transmissions together. We did things that grown men did. And he would say, girls, you can do anything a man can do. Let's go. Let's do it. My mom made sure we felt loved and accepted and cherished, that we were special. That doesn't happen by accident. You don't wake up and that happens because the world is pulling at you to be distracted and have a desperate mentality to never have enough and always be looking to the next greatest, best thing. So you might not have construction going on in your home like I did growing up. But you are building something. You're building your life. You're building your family. You're building something that one day when you're not here on earth, your essence will be hopefully seen through your kids and your grandkids. And that's why it's important at the first of the year for us to talk about these things because we want you to put your first things first. And to be able to feel like you have a fan base that's saying you can do this. It's not whether or not you're going to, you're going to build something no matter what. It's not like, Oh, I don't think I'm going to build anything. No, you're building something right now, whether you know it or not, but are you building what you want to build? Are you building what your family needs you to build? Mm -hmm. So that's, what we're going to talk about and yeah. we're going to get my brothers and sisters on the line and we're going to talk about some things, some good stuff and some bad stuff and some fun stuff and some scary stuff and <laughs> good Lord. We'll get your parents on and you guys are going to crack up when you hear these two because they're like a cat and a dog, mm-hmm. but they really get along really incredibly, but, <laughs> but there's this sheer hilarious things that happen and without a doubt i think there will be more tears shed in this one but it needs to happen it does because there's things that we have learned that need to be shared Mm -hmm. and there's things that we've worked hard at that we need to give other people the opportunity to do that as well Mm -hmm. so sorry to Go down sorry. the sappy lane. <laughs> nope. Um, building a house that lasts is something that you are going to do. Mm-hmm. We believe in you. And we're going to give you some, what was the word? Not analogies. Metaphors. Yeah, mountain moving metaphors. Jeez. Mega mind-blowing mountain moving metaphors, metaphors that will totally do something else. That's right. So yeah. raise your glass wherever you are. <laughs> You're driving down the car, sipping a Starbucks or a... Ooh. Better just be a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're on a back-end country road. <laughs> <laughs> to forging a new territory. That's right. Cheers to New Year's. and That's right. Uh, <laughs> she saw where I was going. Yeah, where I'm going to cut you <laughs> off now. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. You know what to do. Please share, like, subscribe. Get the word out. Yep. Things message going on. us. Message us things that you might want to hear. Mm-hmm. 
topics that you think that would be helpful to cover in this series because I can tell you there's a lot of stories. So That's right. And we love hearing from you. Every once in a while we'll get little notes or messages from people and it's so encouraging to hear how people are being encouraged. So um, yeah, life is way too short to live miserable. Find your call, make life count. That's right. Play your game, boys. Let's do it. Bye. Bye.